0: It's opening and closing its mouth, like fish do. not a sound, just opening and closing its mouth, and looking at me, staring. And I don't know whether it is looking from inside the tank, or whether we are in open sea, but no. I can't somehow distinguish. I feel, I know that there is a glass between us. The way you just, the way you just know stuff when you're dreaming. The fish is there, staring at me, opening and closing its mouth. And maybe it is looking at me from inside the fish tank. Or maybe I am inside a tank, and it is looking at me from the outside. Which would mean that I am inside the water, maybe drowning, maybe pulled down by an invisible force. But before I can explore any further the thought of myself drowning in front of a staring fish, I wake up, as I always do. Now, I am not scared agitated. The fish doesn't even enter in the list of my recurring nightmares which are number one someone is trying to kill me with a huge knife and I do not have a place where to hide. Number two someone is running after me to kill me and I am unable to move my legs. Number three someone is looking for me to kill me I am hiding under a table and I see the killer approaching and I know it is a question of moments and he'll discover and kill me. These are the three main nightmare plots that have been haunting me for as long as I can remember. Although lately, only rarely. Same plot with few variations. When I was very little, the killers were often Turks or Nazis, too many black and white war movies when I was a child. Another version is the one in which the killer is a lion. Same dynamics. It is coming to get me and uh, I either cannot move or cannot hide. And uh, I know that uh, it's a matter of seconds until it will find me. Sometimes these nightmares were so vivid that I remember waking up very early in the morning and being unable to go back to sleep. I remember being so terrified that nothing helped. I remember being so terrified that nothing helped calming me down. And Basically, I, was convinced, I was convinced that I was still dreaming that I was and still that dreaming, I was trying to cut myself from within the dream. We can agree that a fish staring at me hardly <laughs> registers as a nightmare, can't walk. The fish is maybe just because all of those Project Horseman episodes that I've been watching lately. So, this morning, very early in the morning, or at night, I'm never sure how to put this, I saw a fish. I was still half asleep, but I know that I had the strong feeling that I had to remember the dream in the morning, because I knew that it was important And uh, as words came to my mind, I tried to resist them, because I know all too well that unless I write them down immediately... I have a rule. Never think of anything interesting in bed while half asleep, unless you can write it down. Because in the darkness of the night, words have a way to envelop and combine. And you know that the best words will come to you in the moment that you are drifting away in a one's land. And in the morning, you'll have the feeling of having forgotten something important. Did I disobey my rule last night? Why do I have that fish in my mind? For many years, I've only eaten fish, not meat. In fact, if I were to calculate it, I spent more years of my life as a pescetarian. Pescatarian? You know what I mean. More years as that than eating meat. I only started eating meat again at one of Adi's parties. When we, when we all, all already knew that was sick. he was sick, but before, but before knowing that he was terminal, it was just actually months. just a matter of months, immediately before that, and really, each party at Addis was a celebration, was a celebration of, life, of life and joy. joy. And I think no one believed, that, no one he believed that, that he was going to die, he was going to not die. even when he moved. We were all so happy when he spent fortune, a fortune by himself, a professional, professional camera. Because, because it meant it that, meant he, that believed he believed he had a future, had a future enough future to future invest in an expensive, expensive camera. An expensive and we wanted camera. so much that he had a future. So, yes, it was at one of those parties that I started eating meat again. It was a piece of sausage. I hadn't eaten meat for, how long, 30 years? Yes, it's about right. But (laughs) I wanted to tell you about the fish, a big, wet, grey fish that is looking at me, moving its mouth open and close, like fish do. Its grey, wet skin is not like uh, real, but (laughs) it is almost cartoonish, yes. This must have to do with me binge-watching Bojack Horseman. A huge fish, grey and wet, that looks at me in the dark of the night. And another movie comes to mind. A short animation I bumped into late at night in one of those collection of animations that they used to broadcast late at night in summer or maybe not maybe I watched it at the cinema the best animations from all over the world I don't know I don't remember but I know that every now and then the short movie comes to my mind and I've told and retold the plot so many times at dinner parties for effect. It goes like this. It is night in a small village, somewhere north, it is cold, the weather is miserable. The fishermen are getting ready to go out to the sea on their tiny boats. They kiss their wives and kids goodbye and leave their poorly lit, poorly heated huts disappearing into the night, into the storm, into the raging waves. Imagine a very dark palette of colors. Blacks, browns and greys. Okay. After the fishermen leave on their boats, the wives lock the door and go back inside to prepare for the night. And then, in the middle of the night, as they are sleeping with their children, huge fish come out from the sea They are black, white and shiny. They walk by standing on their tails and carry huge butcher's knives. And and, uh, we see how they, an army of them, proceed in entering the fishermen's homes and to slaughter everybody. We see the children screaming and trying to hide under the bed, but the fish pull them out and use the knives to cut their throats. And all the while we think that this is terrible, but that the fishermen are slaughtering the fish's families out at sea. And uh, when the slaughter ends, when also the last child has been butchered, when also the last scream has echoed away, the fish, holding the knives still dripping with blood, they march back to the shore and jump into the water just in time for the first light of the day to appear, together with the boats of the fishermen, heavy with the catch of the day, the tiny boats full of fish jumping still alive. The End. I've tried many times to find out the title or something. I wouldn't mind watching it again to see whether it is really as terrible as I remember. So, the fish last night. The fish that woke me up and that I have decided, for no apparent reason, to place at the center of my tale. I wish I had some context to give you, to help you understand what it is about. But I am myself at loss when interpreting this image. Maybe it comes from the months we spent in lockdown, trapped inside our home searching for a meaning while there were only orders to obey. Do not, go Do not go out. Wash your hands. Sanitize. Cough inside My your elbow. Wear a mask. Print a permit so you can go shopping. Wash your hands. Sanitize. Cough inside your My dreams were awfully vivid during lockdown. And uh, Wash day and hands. night seemed to converge and to merge in a seamless, meshed time. Mind you, I did try to keep track of times of the day, and so. But came the time to go to bed. I was never tired. Sleepy, yes, but never tired. Or maybe was it the opposite, always tired, but never sleepy. You see? It feels already like I have forgotten what it was like during lockdown. Gone. Removed. There was that, yeah, effect of freedom. The first day after lockdown. Poi di mattina. Il primo giorno che a correre, 4 maggio. Oh, yes. I remember how I ran along the beach on the 4th of May early in the morning the first day after lockdown we were all still unsure wearing masks even while running back then because no one knew back then and yet I know that despite the sense of oppression and despair I was also a bit sad when the lockdown was over I don't know there was something heroic in taking the shopping to my mom who couldn't go out, and there was something magic and enchanted in walking through empty streets, always fearful something might happen. Will I be stopped by the police to be questioned? Will they ask to see whether I am carrying a self-printed permit? Will they believe that I am taking the shopping to my mom? Will they call her to check my story? It was a bit like when I went to East Berlin before the wall came down, never sure whether they were going to stop you for a crime you didn't know you had committed, for rules you did not know you had broken. You see, I am doing it again, changing subject from what I had decided that this was going to be about. But I cannot avoid it. As more horrible news arrive from the other side of the world, Australia, where my friends are trapped by yet another lockdown, this time harsher, stricter, with an actual curfew. As horrible thoughts, warning signs remind me that lockdown is just a breath away. Pun intended. My thoughts continue to draw circles, visiting my dreams, like huge, menacing, gray, wet fish waiting for me to fall asleep so that they can get me in my sleep.